0: Here, where you're at happy new year Uh, how many people stayed up till midnight let me see your hands how many people you just didn't have the gas let me see where you're at loud and proud love it come on we did it this year we did it Uh, we were over at some friends houses we had four baby monitors stacked in a row all the kids made it and we made it to midnight in fact uh, Back in Jordan <laughs> she's one of our main worship leaders here she actually leads our worship ministry. They're away in Kansas City today but we were over at uh, her parents' place and we got to midnight and all the parents are, are tired and you know it's just going to be a crazy early morning the next day when the kids get up at you know five or six or whatever it's going to be and so at midnight hit, and we're everyone's just hugging one another. We're there. It's midnight. I'm hugging Troy, and, and uh, we're just, just embracing. And I, I get to Becky, and, and I give her a hug. I say, Happy New Year, and she goes, bye. <laughs> that was how we brought in the New Year. It was just, she, we, we were done. I'm so glad to be starting a brand-new message series today. I've met a ton of brand-new people uh, this morning. I would say at, l- at least 10 people that I've not met before. Uh, so if there's others here that I've not met you before, would love to get a chance to meet you. As Rachel mentioned, right after our service, we do something called Next Steps. And really, this is the best time of year to dive in to Next Steps, because it's the start of a, a new year. And uh, as she already mentioned, it is, we've got, you, we, we try and do everything we can t- do to take away your excuses to not come. We, we're gonna take care of your kids and we're gonna give you lunch. And, uh, and it's gonna be amazing. The, the main thing is that we wanna give you people to connect with in church. We also wanna connect you with your God-given purpose. And so we hope to see you there. They're starting this brand new message series. Call the ready for it. Before we do one more thing, I want to also just Rachel kind of capped off 2017 a little bit, but I want to say a little bit more. Last week we said so much about all that God did in the first 10 months of Resonate Church, and I just want to stick again. You know, a lot of people were away over the holidays. Um, you know, last week it was a bit of a smaller crew. And so I wanna, again, just celebrate what God did. Maybe you missed hearing some of these things. That in the last 10 months, the first 10 months of Resonate Church, we saw 54 people make decisions for Christ. We had 95 people serving, others on our dream team. We, had, uh, we gave away almost 15% of everything that was given to the church to feed kids, to fight slavery, to plant new churches in Canada. So come on, give yourselves a hand. You were part of that. And then I'll turn, let's turn that to worship, right? Our God is great. Come on, let's turn that into some worship to God. God, we praise you for what you've done in our lives. And uh, I really want to start this year with two things in our church, and they're they're new hope and new habits. New hope and new habits. We need to start with hope. Hope's important because if you don't believe that change is possible, if you don't believe that you're actually holding the pen that is going to write the future of your life, of God's call on your life. If you don't believe that, that something different could happen, if you don't believe uh, that we can do this, then you're just going to watch life go by. But if you've got hope, you've got the courage to make a change. Now, you need hope to have that courage, but hope alone is not enough. Hope will get you started, but actually what you need for a life change is some new habits. Hope's going to start you on the journey But then you got to get some new habits, so you actually begin to change some things in your life. And so that's what we're going to do in this series. We're going to talk about a small number of biblically-based habits that are actually going to bring about life change for us in 2018. And I really felt like a word from God in my heart, even this morning in worship. Actually, you know, I haven't really kind of said this in, in a number of months. But this morning, I just felt God speaking to my heart in the room today. I don't know what was going on in your heart in worship. But something something different was happening in my heart today. It almost felt like there was just less distractions, coming into a, a space where God is. God could speak, even in prayer this morning as I was praying for this service. Just, I I actually did feel a sense of a new hope, for God doing something great in twenty eighteen. And so I want to speak a word over you, the word that God just gave me this week as I was praying. Instead of a, uh, uh, this is kind of the preamble to the message. This isn't the message. This is like the. This is like the previews. This is, this is just something God dropped in my heart. And it's out of a well-known passage of scripture from the book of Philippians. Philippians chapter 1 verse 6. It says this, being confident of this, that he who began a good work in you will carry it on to completion until the day of Christ Jesus. So I believe if you're here this morning, it's evidence that God has started something in your life. And God today is promising that he's going to carry that thing on to some new level of completion in this coming year. Come on, God's already given you a promise. The Bible says he's your forerunner. He's already gone ahead and made a way for you to have the life change in 2018. And so we need to step into 2018 with some new hope and also some new habits. Now, maybe for you, the New Year's kind of resolution and change thing is a bit of a It's a frustrating time because you look back and you're like man 2017 i set out for life change i wanted to make a big change i wanted some stuff to be different but nothing really changed for me and you know i know what that's like 2017 as we said was amazing god did great stuff but i look back at 2017 and there's some stuff that i wanted to do in my own life there's some stuff i dreamed of god doing in my life that hasn't yet happened And what can happen to us, you know, our human nature would just say, well, I dreamed about it before and it didn't happen. And so I'm not going to dream about it again. I might as well just let go. But here's the thing. What God is not looking for, God does not need your perfection. God wants your faithfulness. You know, you look back at this last year and you think, man, it wasn't all that I dreamt it could be. It wasn't all that it could have been. But God is not needing your perfection. Come on, somebody. He's just needing your faithfulness. He just needs you to believe that you're still holding the pen that can write the story. He just needs you to believe that that thing hasn't fallen out of your hand and it's hopeless to move on. No, God today just needs you to have hope in who he is in 2018. Come on, new hope and new habits in 2018. So I wish there was like a, one or two people this morning would let me know that you're with me this morning. Come on. I want to go to our main text for this morning. This is a totally unusual one. This is like, I've never spoken from this passage of scripture. Never heard someone speak from this passage of scripture. But there's a verse that I think speaks to where we're at at the start of this year. And it's found in 1 Kings chapter 20. And uh, you're not going to get anything from this verse as I read it. You're going to be like, "Give me some context." So we'll do that. But first of all, let me read it to you, and then we'll dive into why I think this is meaningful as we start a new year. First Kings chapter 20, verse 40 says this: "And as your servant was busy here and there, he was gone." You know, put that like cross stitch that and put it on your parents' wall. You know what I'm saying? Like that's just it's not really going to change your life. As your servant was busy here and there, he was gone. What does this mean? What does it have to do with anything? Okay, so here's the context. In 1 Kings chapter 20, there's a prophet. He goes to a king by the name of Ahab. He shares with him a parable. It's just a short little parable. Not even a lot of details given to us in the the parable of what he tells the king. And the reason he's going to this king is he, he wants this king to understand his disobedience towards God. So here's the parable he tells. It's essentially this. There was a soldier. And his commanding officer came to him one day and said, Hey, I, w- I need you to take care of this prisoner of war. And this is an important person that you've got to take care of. Um, and so if you lose this guy, it's your life for his. Like he's a, he, you just do not. You got one job. Don't lose this guy. He's been captured. Who knows what's going on? Who knows what he's done? Who knows the trouble that this guy has caused? So here's the thing. This guy right here, most important thing, just don't lose this guy. Only job you got to do. Don't lose this guy, okay? It's, if, if, you get, you get, if he goes, you die, right? You know what I mean? If your boss said that to you, he's like, hey, listen, you got one job to do. If you don't do it, you die. That's a tough job, right? But that's what this guy's boss said. The commanding officer said, listen, if he gets away, it's your life for his life. So the commanding officer goes away comes back after a period of time, and lo and behold, the guy's gone. And he says to this, this soldier, like, what has gone on? Like, you had one job, man. Like, just take care of this one guy. What has happened? And the soldier says back to him, as your servant was busy here and there, he was gone. You had one job. Keep your eyes on that guy. Just keep your eyes on that guy. Just keep your eyes on that guy. The commanding officer comes back, I got busy here and there. No, you had one job. Eyes on that guy. Eyes. Eyes on that guy. One job. As your servant was busy here and there. And listen, I, jo- I kind of like make light of it. But it's a scary verse. Because I actually think a lot of us treat God this way. I think a lot of us are actually going to stand before God. And I don't want to bring a heavy to start your 2018. But I think a lot of us treat God this way. We're going to stand before God one day and he's going to say, what did you do with the main things that I asked of your life? And you know what we're going to try and do? We're going to try and replace productivity for the obedience that God wanted. We're going to try and substitute the fact that we got some things done for the faithfulness that God asked for us. We're going to stand before him and like this guy, we're going to say, you know, as your sir- I was busy. I was busy. I was doing stuff. Hey, he got away. You know why he got away? Because I was just busy doing some stuff. And I believe as we start 2018, we need to find out what if God gave you one thing to do in this coming year, what would that thing be? Listen, if God, like this commanding officer, said, Hey, just one thing, just one thing. Let me let me simplify it for you. What would that one thing be? What would God say to your heart for 2018? And, I believe that, that God would say this, and it's the habit, the first habit we're going to talk about in this series, habit number one. If you're taking notes, you've got to write this down. Habit number one, put God first. Put God first. Here's the reality. If God is in your life, but he's not first in your life, God's not in your life. God does not take second place. He will take no other place. There is only one place for God, and it's first, to give him your first. And listen, because he's God, he could demand that, but you know what he did? He actually demonstrated it for you when he gave you his first. You wonder how much you mattered to God? God gave you his first. God gave you his best. but pa- paid for the price of your sins and minds with the gruesome death of his son, his first, his best, on a cross, that's what you mattered to God, and that is why God will only take first place in our lives. So this morning, I want to talk about how do we put God first, and I want to talk about three different ways we can put God first in our lives. Before we do, just I want to share just a story about how we can actually put things first, and just in small ways, it can make a big change. When Rich and I first got married, I committed to do just a couple small things, and. I didn't really know that, you know, I'd keep doing them. It's just I started out with them at, at the beginning. And the first was I just decided, you know, we're going to go to bed at the same time. And before we go to bed, I'm going to look Rachel in the eye and I'm going to give her a kiss goodnight. No matter what, I'm going to give her And there was times like early on, you know, I was like, you know, the lights are out. The heads are down on the pillow and I'm like, ah, I forgot to do it. And then I just, I'd spring back. I remember these times because it was like I was forming a habit. I was going to give her a kiss goodnight. Now, granted... I had ulterior motives, like half the time, but still, there was some good intentions, at least half the time, that I wanted Rachel to know before we went to bed how much she mattered to me and that I loved her no matter what had happened in the day. And then I also decided that I was going to first thing in the morning, and this back in the day I, you know, I worked uh, downtown and so I'd get up a lot earlier than, than Rachel did, and so I would. Um, as I was leaving the house, now we've got kids, and it's just basically impossible to get up earlier than anyone, but never mind. Uh, so, so I would wake up early, and uh, I, would, I, would, I would look at Rachel asleep, and I'd just be grateful for a moment. I'd just look at her, I'd be grateful. And that's kind of morphed, you know, now that we've got kids and so on. The, the way we kind of work in our relationship now is we just take a moment, it might be three to five seconds, to look one another in the eye and say good morning Before the chaos strikes. You know what I'm saying? Parents, you know what I'm saying? Before the chaos strikes, just eye contact. It's like three to five seconds. Three to five seconds at night. Three to five seconds in the morning. And it's actually been life-changing for us. So we just decided to put some things first. They're small. It's not a huge thing. But when you put it first and you make it a habit, it actually produces, it's produced some great things in our life. And so maybe what God has for you is to ask of you some big things. But maybe today you just need to do some things to shift and get God first in a few key areas, maybe even some small shifts, some subtle shifts. Today is going to be, I think, the most practical message that I've spoken since we started Resonate Church. This is going to be a practical, like these three things, it's like we're going to full-on Tipsville today. I'm going to tell you some ideas, some advice. That's where we're going today. I don't normally do that. I normally... Just leave that up to the Holy Spirit to compel you as I just preach and teach God's word. But that's not what we're doing today. I'm just going to tell you to do some stuff. It's going to be glorious. Okay, number one, how do we put God first? Number one, we put God first in our year. Put him first in your year. And the Bible is all about putting God first. In fact, you know, when we talk about giving God uh, the first, you think of the Ten Commandments. And Exodus chapter twenty. Uh, Tells us the Ten Commandments, and, and this is what the Bible says. It says, I'm the Lord your God who brought you out of the land of Egypt, out of the house of slavery. That's the start of the Ten Commandments. You ever notice that? Before God dove in and said, Hey, I want some stuff for you, did you notice what he did? Hey, here's what I did for you. Just remind your heart. You know what was in my heart for you? I wanted you out of slavery. I wanted you in freedom. I wanted to give you hope and a new future. I wanted to set you free. I wanted to break off your shame. I wanted to break off your pain. I wanted to bring you into a new place. Oh, now I got some things that are gonna help you out. Come on, somebody, that's how God works in our lives. From there, he goes into commandment number one. What was it? You shall have no other gods before me. Notice, God is not against you loving stuff. He just doesn't want you to love it more than him no other gods, before me. Come on, just put me first. And so often when we talk about this in church, we're thinking about the tithe, you know, the tithe, given the first fruits of, our, of, of what we have. Now I love that the Bible kind of takes the tithe actually bigger than we normally consider it. In Leviticus chapter 27, it says this, a tithe of, come on, everybody say this word with me, everything from the land. The tithe of everything from the land, whether grain from the soil or fruit from the trees, belongs to the Lord, It is holy to the Lord. And then Deuteronomy says this about tithing. It says the purpose of tithing is to teach you to always put God first in your lives. Giving God the first of your year. And that's why we're doing 21 days of prayer and fasting. Just to put God first in our year. And I know for a lot of you the idea of prayer and fasting is going to be totally foreign. You've never done it before and so... Let me break down some ideas, how you could fast. You might not have even planned for it. You might not even be able to start today because you need to shift some things in your life. But how you could participate over these 21 days. There's, the Bible talks about a number of different ways to fast, and I want to I give you four of them today. Four different ways that you could participate in prayer and fasting to give God the first part of your year. The first is this, is a complete fast. And this is huge. The 21 days of no food. And... Uh, there's actually someone in our church who's, who's let me know that they are believing God to be able to do 21 days food free in praying for this year. Uh, I wouldn't encourage you to do it unless God calls you to do it and you're medically cleared to do it, but the Bible certainly talks about fasts even longer than that. They're doable as possible, and maybe God would call you to that. The second kind of fast is a selective fast. A selective fast, we find this in the book of Daniel, where Daniel uh, commits to only eat this is basically fruits and vegetables. There's a few other things that, that are normally considered part of a Daniel fast, but it's largely just fruits and vegetables. And uh, that's the fast that our, our lead team is on this year. Our lead team is doing 21 days of a Daniel fast together. Uh, Rachel was out shopping for a, a lot. It takes a lot of meal prep on a Daniel fast because, you know, you, you got to kind of work it out so you're eating. And that's the fast that our lead team is on. And um, you might want to participate in that kind of fast, maybe. Uh, do the work to, to get on that. It might take you a couple days to get it worked out. How you are going to go? I was talking to someone this morning. They said that they were out with their husband last night. This was one of, one of the, um, the leaders of our connections team. And she said they went for pizza. And then they went for donuts. And then they went to a movie and they got popcorn. And then I, I think they went home and threw up. I think is what happened. <laughs> and that's how they started the fast. Praise God. So there's a selective fast. Then there's a partial fast, and that's just going to be taking no food at different points in time. And so you might say, well, I'm going to fast, you know, for a day or a day a week, or um, I'm going to leave, I'm going to take out lunches. Or sometimes when I know I could, I could schedule it, and I know it works for me to just set aside that time. Because the point of fasting is not just to get rid of something, it's actually to give that time to God. So it's a a partial fast. And then lastly, there'd be what would, you know, be a soul fast. And so this isn't food related. This is just where something that you normally feed into your life, feed into your mind, you let go of that for 21 days. So it might be a social media fast. I was talking to someone this morning who said they're going to fast Coca-Cola. You know, I I guess that's kind of related to food, but it's not really food. So let's call that a soul fast. Um, You fast TV, you fast entertainment, you fast um, news. Maybe that's just you're a big news person, a media person. Maybe just, you know. Whatever it is, it kind of like fills your mind on a constant basis. Listen, I'm, I'm about mm, 11 hours into this fast, and I honestly feel, I feel different in my soul. Why? I just My heart is committed to start this year with God. Start the year with God. Give Him the first of your year and see what God will do. The second way that you can put God first is just give Him the first part of your day. Give Him the first part of your day. Like I said with, with Rachel and I, where we just kind of connect with one another for a few... For a few seconds at the start of the day. what if you just gave god your first 10 seconds before you picked up before you check insta before you uh, looked at cnn uh, before you just you hit your phone and kind of just went scrolling through stuff before you do anything what if you just stopped what if while you were in bed you just said god this day's yours i'm giving you my life today i'm going to lean in live for you five 10 seconds. I promise you, your day will start different. And then what if, what if, what if we went a little further than that? What if you took the first 15 minutes of your day with God? What would change in 2018 if you took 15 right off the start with God? And here's how you could go about I told you this was going to be all, this is, this is the most practical message of the year. Here's what it could look like to take 15 minutes with God to the start of your day. First five. First five, just get in the word. Just get in, get in the Bible. We've got um, 21-day guides in your seat. We've got the book of John laid out there with a little checkbox for every day. Just one chapter. You know, maybe you want to read a psalm. Just one chapter. If you're going to do the whole Bible in a year, it's usually about 15 minutes a day, but five minutes. Just one chapter a day. Just get in God's word. That's your first five. Your second five, just worship. Just put on a song. You have no rival. You have no equal. And then key change it, now and forever got you. Five minutes. And you, I know a lot of people brand new to church in, in this house. See, so like, well, I don't even know what songs they're singing. I don't even know how to find that song. We got you covered. On our website, you scroll down a little bit on our homepage, we have tons of information about the fast. We've got information about how to do a Daniel fast. We've got information about the top 20 worship songs that we're doing right now as a church, so you can just load up on worship as you're praying. We've got uh, a blog from Yuri, who leads our prayer team on fasting. Uh, We've got just lots of information there for you. We've got all those dates that Rachel said, Saturday morning prayer, the 8 a.m. prayer across the street. Those, uh, Those dates and times and locations are all on the website. Just scroll down to 21 days, all that information you'll see there. Give God the first part of your day, your first five, just get into the word. Your next five, just worship, just worship. Just let go of kind of the heaviness. And then your last five, just pray. Just talk to God. Maybe you don't have any kind of prayer habits in your life. You say, I don't even know where to start. You just talk to God. Just begin to communicate with God. Open your heart to him to start your day. Come on, you with me? How many know it would change something in 2018 if you took your first 15 and started in the presence of God? So we start putting God first by giving him the first part of our year. And then we give him the first part of our day. But the last thing I want to talk about putting God first in this last area, it's not really something that you do, it's more just something that happens in our hearts. And I believe we put God first thirdly in this, in expectation, in expectation. We talked about hope at the outset. In actually believing that if I put God first, God has promised to do something in my life. Proverbs 3 talks about this. I mean, the whole Bible talks about it. Proverbs 3 and verse 6 says, In all your ways acknowledge him. In other words, put God first, and he will make your path straight. See, when you put God first, when I give God the first, he's actually going to make your path straight. You say, what do I do in 2018? What's the direction I go? How do I know which way to go? In all your ways acknowledge him. Just put him first. God's going to direct your path. You go down a little bit further in verse number 9. It says... Honor the Lord with your wealth. And with the first fruits of all your produce, put God first with all you've got. Then your barns will be filled with plenty. Expect, come on, God's given you a promise. Plenty. And then your vats will be bursting with new wine. Come on, that's the God that you serve. Not only did he give you his first, he promises that when in return you give him your first he is going to promise so much of his presence and power and blessing in your life that you can't even contain it. That God would want to burst through the limitations that of even being able to handle all that God has. You say, man, I wanted God to move in my life in 2017. I saw some things that went well, but you know what, I, I, I missed out on some stuff. You got to start 2018 with hope. Give them the first of your year, the first of your day, and then live with expectation that God desires to move in your life. You know what? More than you want God to move in your life, he desires to move inside your heart and your life in 2018. Can we do that together as a church this year? Come on, we started, before we even started the church last February, we started with 21 days of prayer and fasting. This is going to be part of, of the life cycle of our church every single year. And I want to ask everyone, participate in some way, in some measure, in starting this year, giving our first and our absolute best to God. Could you bow your heads with me all over the room? God, thank you. Thank you, God. Thank you, God, for what you have already done in our lives. The fact that we are here today is evidence that you have moved in our lives at a point in time, God. And you have brought us this far, but God, it is not to leave us here. And today I make an invitation to the one who feels like deeper levels with God are not available to you because they just, they're not available to you because of your own shame or your own feelings of insignificance. And today I pray that it would not be my words that would be the invitation, but the invitation of the Holy Spirit of God. Come on, that you would see that he gave you his first, not so that you could pause once you got this far, but so that you could actually step into deeper levels with him, constantly until he completes the work in you in the day of christ jesus god thank you for what you did in 2017 and god i just declare in front of our church right now god i can't pastor this church in 2018 without you god you know my abilities i know my abilities god and i just declare before you god i need your holy spirit god if i'm gonna lead this people if you're gonna move in our lives this year god i desperately need you I can't start this year without you God we cannot do this without the power of your spirit and your presence and so we lean into you God and in this moment together as a church corporately we officially start 21 days of seeking you this is the start of our lean into who you are God God we're going to press into you in 2018 we're going to lean into you God in this year and see all that you will do in Jesus name in Jesus name in Jesus name One more closing prayer before we move on in our service. Maybe you're here this morning and and you'd have to admit God's not first in your life. And in a moment, we're going to pray a prayer of surrender. The Bible actually says, making Jesus the Lord of your life. And so if you're here this morning and you say, you know what, Pastor Shaman, God's not first in my life right now. And I heard you say, if he's not first, he's not in my life. And so I want to make a change today. In a moment, I'm going to pray a prayer of all out surrender, of making Jesus the Lord of your life. I'm not just talking about like you're, you know, you're a Christian and you believe in God to save you. and But you've kind of, you know, you made some mistakes this week. I mean, literally, you know God. God's not in the seat. He belongs in your life. In a moment, we're going to pray. And what I'm going to ask you to do, just... If you'd say today, yeah, Pastor Shane, that's me. God's not first in my life. I'm gonna ask you if you want to pray that prayer of surrender with me today. Just shoot your hand up and hold it up for a moment. Just hold your hand as high as you can. Just for a moment, this moment between you and God. Say, God, I'm gonna put God first in my life. In my life. Yeah, yeah. Come on, let's pray. This church, all over the room. Let's pray this prayer, all out surrender. Say, Lord Jesus put you first in my life. I actually repent of not having you there, and I turn to you. I believe you died and rose again so I could be forgiven.